0: The first rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The third rule of Fight Club Minute Someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the minute is over. Fourth rule, only one guess to a minute. Fifth rule, one minute at a time fellas. Sixth rule, no shirt, no shoes. Seventh rule, Minutes will go on as long as they have to. And the 8th and final rule, if this is your first time listening to Fight Club Minute, enjoy the show. I am Jack's 8th minute. I start with Thomas breaking down into tears, and I end with Big Moosey bringing in Cornelius for a big hug. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and joining me after our first big group hug is my big Timly co-host, T- Lance Stanford. <laughs> How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I just had uh, my bitch tits drained, so I'm ready to ready to talk <laughs> and record.
0: And last but not least, once again, we are joined by our guest, Austin Shin. How are you doing?
2: I will do anything for podcasting, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, you know,
0: uh, you know, starting off, you know, I'm I'm in a good mood. And, you know, I I would like to ask everybody a, you know, a a fun question on our Wednesday episodes Uh, and, of course, taken directly from from the movie. So, Austin, if you had to fight any celebrity, living or dead, who would it be?
2: You know, this movie gives me such an easy layup, Uh, but wouldn't we all like to take a swing at Jared Leto? (laughs) and i will say david fincher's movies are a great thing to watch if you despise leto because this and panic room are just bliss on that front
0: yeah he is such yeah he is such he's a a reprehensible human being interesting character in panic room
2: yeah i i love panic room i'm just gonna say that right now
1: Dwight Yoakam in it. How could you not love it?
2: let the thing. Dwight Yoakam is amazing in it. I was a fan of his country music. I am a huge fan of his acting. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, uh, it's
0: it's been ages since I've seen it, but I do have like the big three disc special edition DVD. It's,
2: it's gorgeously shot, and man, I mean, Kristen
1: Stewart hit the ground on, at top speed. Yeah. Dwight Yoakam's my my white, whale, well, my Eleanor. I've had tickets to see him five times, and every single time something has come up last minute and i haven't been able to go see him
2: oh wow his stuff is
1: so good yeah it's who who would who would you fight Bobby? um <laughs> I, I don't know yeah, i, didn't, I, I talk didn't about it last week yeah I, well
0: yeah you know i came up the, with the question and i i've intended it for the cast guests and i am you know i didn't really think about it to answer on my own so uh, i don't know i i think i'm gonna have to get back to you ask me again next week
1: (laughs) okay Okay. yeah that's fun um i i'm excited about this minute because you know we last show i talked about how i felt like the last minute kicked everything off because we got our main character introductions but again like we in almost instantly start introducing the supporting roles here with the amazing amazing meatloaf and
0: this is really like a a small cast there's i mean there's a not a ton of actors in this movie that i think there's only like i i, I mean we talked about this in the opening credits there's only what like eight actors that get, uh that get mentioned in the opening credits and and two of those are like extremely minor
1: roles yeah like thomas from last minute was like right underneath it like when you go through the the imdb credits it's it's insane um and yeah people go back and listen to that because i tell a really cool meatloaf story um but it's it's weird like meatloaf he's you know we were, well we were talking about dwight yokum meatloaf is another one of those musicians turned an actor um I wouldn't say he's had the success because that Dwight did because that that weird trucker movie he did. Oh, I was around in the nineties. I wasn't a fan of that one, but you know, Rocky Horror is a classic, and mm. a few other roles that he's done have, have been pretty good. But I would say not with the like consistency of Dwight, though.
2: Oh. This was really, I think, for him, his one really great acting role, and he is phenomenal in this movie.
0: Yeah, and and it, you know right off the bat. But, you know, before we get too much into meatloaf, you know, the the first part, you know, we get the end of this this Thomas story and it ends with him breaking down into tears. And and I really think that this, you know, all of this, it, it's it's a good time to talk about, you know, why why Chuck, you know, decided to have this testicular cancer group be kind of like the this, you know, the thing that kicks things off. Because you know, this is a group of men and and this kind of in, in a way, I feel like this falls into the to the whole kind of toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. you know, looking back into this because there is this element of, you know, this is a group of emasculated men because these are all men who uh, most of them have lost one or both testicles, which you know, that's the source of testosterone. and that's kind of the the thought of what makes men, men
1: well later on you know tyler's talking about how uh you know generation of men raised by women like talks about how they've been uh figuratively had their balls chopped off um you know and even is going to do it to the uh police officer later on and you know very much hitting the the nail on the head we have people who have literally had their balls i mean you know lost their testicles and stuff and so it's Uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty easy jump to get from A to B there. And these are very emotional men.
2: These are Mm -hmm. very soft, weepy, hugging each other. They're very much the antithesis of what we're going to see later.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and Bob is kind of the, the pinnacle of this because, you know, he is so feminized that he has these massive feminine breasts like that—that's kind of the the this pinnacle. Even though he used to be a, a you know a a bodybuilder um, and someone that that used steroids and got these breasts as as a result of taking steroids, and you know we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that on Friday's minute. But yeah, and uh, like even the hug, I think it's worth you know, looking at this hug because, you know, initially Bob puts his hand out and that is kind of the, you know, you you initially think that he's going to shake his hand, but instead he pulls Jack up to his feet and then says, hi, I'm, you know, my name is Bob. And then immediately just grabs him for a big hug, but it's not like a man hug because, you know, the, the stereotypical man hug is you know you hug with one arm and then you pat the back with your other arm yeah but he is going he's going like a full-on two-handed not not even just a, a two-handed hug but he's actually like rubbing his back up and down you know that that's a very intimate hug that that he's getting
1: yeah i think it's interesting that you know 25 we'll round up and say 25 years ago like to make it seem awkward and feminine and not masculine you just have guys hug i'm like i hug my friends you know i'm may not like rub their back but you know we actually embrace and hug and stuff and you know we've we've come a, uh, not a long long way but you know i i think that goes to show really the time of when it was made is oh you want oh you don't you don't hug guys don't hug blah, blah blah and that goes back to the toxicity of the the overall story and narrative and stuff um But yeah, how just in 99, like that's all it took to make them seem emasculated was just have them hug.
2: Yeah, because like from the vantage point of 2023, this is a very lovely scene. If you're not looking at it through that lens, it seems like a very supportive environment and one that would probably be very good for someone who's struggling. Um, I I have been through my own crises and I can tell you that a group like this would be very therapeutic for me. But it's so telling that in this context, Number one, it can't do anything to the narrator because it's not his problem. And number two, it's so well elucidated. This idea of, uh-uh, you don't do this. This is this is you can see why he's bristling with like this. I hope this makes any sense.
1: No, it doesn't like, yeah, because if you look at it from Bob's aspect, you know, who was getting real help here, yeah, like you said, it's super constructive and supportive. But from the narrator's aspect, like it's manipulative and uh almost abusive really Mm -hmm. Uh, and so yeah i i I get that totally
0: yeah i think this is one of the clear examples of you know know, and and i i love this movie and i mean clearly i love this movie because i'm spending a year talking about it on, on a podcast but this is not a movie that like i I don't hold this movie's values as my own values. (laughs) I I think it's, you know, it's, it's very clear because neither, I mean, Tyler is obviously, I mean, not obviously to a lot of people, but to me, Tyler Durden as a character is obviously a villain and and not only that, but I think the, the narrator as well is not a great character through the majority of this movie. I mean, he gets, you know a a slight bit of redemption at the end, but throughout this this film, the narrator is not a a good character, not a moral character, not a character that you want to look up to as you know a, as a pinnacle of humanity. And this is a, you know a great example because this support group is looked at, you know, we're seeing it kind of through the narrator's eyes, and so we're seeing it as a joke, even though of looking at it from 20 to almost 25 years later this you know i think if this was made with a different perspective this this men's support group would be seen as a positive and healthy thing but here it's seen as you know something weird and wrong
1: i would love to see but also not love to see depending you know if depending who did it but like this whole story from bob's perspective you know like how he's and because really you talk about heroes and villains isn't it? like pretty much everybody is a crappy person like there's not i guess bob is the most kind-hearted in the film um you, you could maybe say uh that he's the closest we get to a hero and then i mean he then he becomes an an heroic idol later on for all the wrong reasons but um yeah i would like to hear it like because you are talking about viewing it through different lenses and stuff like Seeing this story from Bob's angle would be interesting.
0: Yeah, especially you know how he ended up finding one of the spin-off fight clubs first before running into to Cornelius again and, and not realizing that he's Tyler Durden. Yeah. But yeah, we, we don't, you know, there's not a whole lot that, you know, we didn't talk about. Uh, we do get a little bit of the group leader. And I, I think it's interesting that, and um, that we don't actually like the it cuts off from his name, and um, and the actor is George McGuire, and he's another you know kind of working actor. He doesn't have quite as many credits as David Andrews, but he does have you know a good fifty credits uh, to his name, and you know I I think he. I think he embodies, you know, the, the kind-hearted, fatherly, you know, you expect him to be this this type of group leader. I think he plays it, you know, it, it's a small
2: role, but he plays it well. Well, What's funny is I look at him from the perspective of uh, now, and he is a very masculine figure. He's a very modern masculine figure. He's someone who he's clearly strong, he's clearly in control, but he's also kind. And it's interesting to me to look at it from that lens. Now, the the only other
0: thing which, you know, we, you know, we completely skipped over is, you know, uh, we're at minute eight and we get our third subliminal Tyler in this minute. And again, I, I think it's, it's worth noting where, you know, the, the timing of when he pops up because the, the, he pops up, you know, with his arm around the shoulder of the, the group leader. I noticed that. And it's it's right after he says, Let's really open ourselves up. And then right before he says, Could you find a partner?
1: Yeah. I I noticed that too. It's almost like he, you know, you, you mentioned uh Austin, you mentioned that this he is like this leader, this uh almost like father like figure. And then for Tyler just be like, Yeah, this is this is my guy, I got my arm around him because he just stood behind the doctor or the um the orderly um intern. Yeah. In the book, he's a doctor, so that's why he keeps throwing me. Uh, <laughs> but he got a downgrade for the movie. That sucks. Uh, but you know, then he's like, he's getting more and more about because I want to say the first time we see him in the printer scene, he's even farther back. So it's like he's getting friendlier and friendlier and friendlier as as he um, becomes Scorpio like as, as he becomes into existence.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really like I. I know. He pops up, I think at least two more times, but I I don't remember. Like I I definitely remember one of them, but you know I'm I'm curious to see like what the actual number is because I I didn't look this up, um you know ahead of time. I'm I'm kind of sticking with with the moment, and uh, and not really jumping ahead too much any anymore after. You know, I, I went through the movie to, to cut it up, but I, I still haven't gone around to, you know, watching the movie start to finish again. Um, but I'm, I you know, I, I misplaced the disc because, you know, my toddler got a hold of it <laughs> at some point. So it's somewhere in the house because uh, I do definitely want to, uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it before. I, I definitely want to revisit some of the um, uh, commentaries.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, I think... You you know, sometimes you read a book or a comic or whatever, and you there's a description of somebody. Or um, I always use the comic book Wanted by Mark Miller. Uh, Like in the book, the Wesley the hero, or well, quote the the main character, I guess we'll say, he looks just like Eminem. And then James McAvoy plays him in the movie. You're like ah, but in in the book for Fight Club, um, Chuck describes Bob as you know. Uh, big shoulders that made you think of the horizon, thick blonde hair. That's what you get when Cream calls itself Sculpting Moose. Um, part straight, you know, he's enormous, all this stuff. And in my mind, I mean, I read the book after I saw the movie, but still, I'm like, that's, that's I pictured Dolph Lundgren in this role, mm-hmm. like in, in my head. One, brothers, one of the barbarian brothers, maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He seems, you know, he's described as like a, a pretty boy, but a pretty boy with with bitch tits.
1: Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, just that like Dolph Lundgren crop top with the hard part. Like, um, I don't know, like, but like you said, you know, Meatloaf absolutely killed it in this role, um, and to the point where I think if it was anybody but Meatloaf, he probably would have gotten a little more, but not not like nominated maybe necessarily, but more buzz. But the fact that it was Meatloaf, people are just like, oh, yeah, it's it's Meatloaf, and kind of wrote it off, which is which is unfortunate because you know I think it could have led to some other things for him.
0: Yeah, and one thing that I do remember from the commentary, and and we'll, you know, we'll definitely bring it up in in a scene later, you know, toward later on in the movie. But Meatloaf actually, you know, he lost a, a fair amount of weight uh, right before he got this role, and so like not, you know, even besides the the breast prosthetics that he had to wear, but he has, also had to wear a fat suit to make him look heavier than he was.
1: Yeah, and they try to like. Oh. Are you going to talk about the Planet Hollywood story? Did we already talk about that? I, I lose track. Um, you know, because I always heard that they wanted it in Planet Hollywood, and then when they delivered it, it smelled so bad that they like <laughs> they couldn't get it clean enough to get the <laughs> smell out of it. And I was like, that's that's still a very like Project Mayhem style. Like you donate something to this fancy, you know, chained celebrity Hollywood thing, and then it really just smells and stinks up the whole place. I was like that it's still Bob doing his thing, even, you know, Denver characters, a DVD commentary style. Yeah.
0: Uh, but that's, that's the end of my notes for this minute to either Either, either of you have anything else. Oh. All right. Well, you know, once again, uh, Austin, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, plug anything you want to plug and uh, let everybody else know where they can find you online.
2: Uh, theomniplex.org. Uh, and uh, I, I, flickeringlife.wordpress.com, and uh, my Twitter is Untitled User.
0: All right, and Lance, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm used to uh, kind of running the show here, but you know, why don't you go ahead and uh, take a moment to to let everybody know where they can find you online as well?
1: So you can find me on all social media at the Night Nerd all it like when everybody was leaving Twitter, I downloaded all the other apps too. So I'm on everything. I don't post on anything, but I'm on <laughs> everything. Uh and then on Amazon you can find my author page, Lance, L-E N C E, Last Name Stanford, S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D. I Um the I got my kids' books, grown up books. Um my novella is very heavily Chuck Palnick influenced. Um, so go go check it out. Put put food in my kids' mouth. Yeah, I, I also, you know, I, I have Mastodon and Hive
0: installed on my phone, but, uh, you know, I, I'm sticking with Twitter and, uh, you know, I I just recently joined Instagram and I've actually been enjoying it quite a bit. I, I didn't think I would be an Instagram person, but uh, I've, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, as we're recording this, I'm, you know, uh, my other podcast, It's Time to Rewind, is halfway through going through Men- Memento. And I- I've been sharing, you know, screenshots from that movie on Instagram. And that's, you know, that's been a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And, uh, okay. you know, and I'm uh, going to be continuing to do that here on uh, for Fight Club as, as we go through this. And, uh, you can find, you know, my, all my handles are at Bubba Wheat. And in Fight Club Minute, and this podcast is ending one minute at a time.
2: And this is how I met the big Moosey. His eyes already shrink-wrapped in tears.